Hello and welcome to the Ordinary Church Podcast. This is a podcast about the church and for the church. I'm Connor. I'm here with Mike, and we are excited to dive in with you again today. The title of the podcast is Why Churches Need to Accurately Handle the Word of God. And um, this is anticipating some preaching that, Mike, you're going to be doing um, next month, I believe. So a little bit of a kind of just foretaste here. But this is something that's on our mind all the time. We're talking about it all the time. Why why is it so essential for churches to handle the Word of God accurately? Um, and sometimes it's good in the midst of lots of preaching and teaching to kind of just pull the car to the side of the road and focus on this question, you know, why is it so important? So, Mike, um, let me just... Let me just um, allow you to kind of maybe highlight and underscore the importance of the question by just maybe speaking to the context. You, you, you've you seen over the years lots of churches not handle the word accurately, and um, that, you know, agrees your heart, and, um, and rightly so, but do you want to just underscore kind of from that perspective why this is so essential? Absolutely. So I've noticed over the years, you know, there are many, many gifted communicators, but oftentimes those gifted communicators are, are kind of, they get kind of greedy and it's like they don't really work hard in the word. And what happens is they twist the word. Peter put it this way, that there are people who twist the word to their own destruction. Paul, when he was talking to the Ephesian elders in Acts 20, basically put it this way. There will people come from among your own selves and they will draw away. They're like wolves. They're savage wolves. They'll draw people away uh, from them from the church to themselves. Mm -hmm. And the idea of just twisting the scriptures, it just is rampant. I see it far too often. And oftentimes, you know, again, it's usually uh, pastors that are really gifted communicators. And so people get enamored by their gifts and the guy gets greedy and doesn't do the hard work of study and, you know, kind of just strings pearls in their own, you know, however they want or, or literally just egregiously, um, mangles the scriptures. I just, just, and it just, it's astounding how people just go along with that sometimes. And I'm just, you know, I want us to be discerning. I want us to be dependent on the Lord. And I think uh, this is one of, this is one of the issues. People will say a lot, oh, the Bible's inerrant. The Bible's infallible. You know, it's from God. It's perfect. And it won't lead me astray. But they can't bring themselves to say the Bible is authoritative. Hmm. That The Bible is conscience binding. You know, all the, all the commands in the, in the word. Um, and I think what happens is they just get on their own. They get, they get intoxicated with themselves and they, they, they forget that God's word is sitting there waiting for them to handle it accurately. Yeah. 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 I, I, I have a question. I have a few questions actually, but a first one would be, and this might not be the right place to, to totally unpack this, but do you see any, is there any distinction between somebody who is knowingly and willfully, twisting the scriptures for selfish gain, whether that's monetary or whether mm-hmm. they're trying to hide some kind of sin in their life or whether it's for the power, you know, the fame mm-hmm. and somebody who may be from whatever background and tradition they're coming from. They, I don't even know exactly how to say this, but they think that they're trying to earnestly, you know, and honestly serve Christ, but they're just, they're not really, they're, they're standing up and preaching, oh, yeah. you know, kind of a, just a self message. Do you, is there any distinction between those two or how do you hand, how do you weigh that? Oh, there's an absolute uh, distinction between the two. I mean, I, I think immediately I think of Apollos, you know, in, in the book of Acts and oh, he, yeah. he wasn't aware that he wasn't, you know, preaching it accurately. Right. So Priscilla and Aquila came alongside and helped him. Well, the sign of a humble man who, who is going to wield the scriptures, he took the correction. He accepted it. What will happen, though, you know, sometimes knowingly and willfully 
power and fame and it just becomes arrogance. But sure, there's plenty of people that are innocently doing that, but not for long. Yeah. Not for long. You don't oh, innocently yeah. twist the scriptures for a long time or for a whole ministry uh, career. Mm. You just don't do it. Because um, somebody's come along throughout that and, and come alongside and said, hey, what, what are you doing here? Yeah. And you're having to eventually push that back. Right. Well, yeah. if someone's congratulating you all the time and saying how great of a speaker you are, you're not really thinking too much about how, how you should you know handle it accurately. But if someone mm. comes to you and goes, this isn't right. And you basically say, how dare you, you know, yeah. get out of here. Yeah. Well, now you've, now, you know, you've <laughs> yeah stood on a certain side of that line. That's helpful. Yeah. yeah. So that's a, it could be a short, you know, time of someone's life or ministry, but eventually mm -hmm. they're going to have to choose whether they submit to the, yeah. yeah. Well, like reformed and always reforming. Right. Uh, you know, being corrected and, and continually being corrected. Let the word correct you and let your friends correct you. Yeah. You know, and let, let a perfect stranger correct you if, it, if it's honest yeah. and true. Yeah. And right. I can think of, I can think of stories without, you know, naming people's names, but just different, whether well-known or less well-known people who at one point in their life were preaching a certain way. And then God graciously brought them into a better, a better strand, you know, mm -hmm. of, of um, teaching and, and even ways that people think about the church. So um, another question, I had a good one and now it's escaped me. Um, well, that's okay. Maybe let's go to, let's go to the word. And yeah, I, I, I want to go to, to second Timothy in a second, but it sounded like maybe you had one more thing you want to jump in with there. If not, well, fine. actually it's funny. You were saying, Oh, I forgot that thing. Well, it, what popped into my head was a story of D.L. Moody and I might mangle it a little bit, but okay. D.L. Yeah. Moody yeah, yeah. where there was a, a moment in his ministry and it was growing and he was having a lot of fame and what have you, but to his own admission, he was stringing theological pearls together and just kind of doing everything topically and wasn't handling the word accurately. Hmm. And supposedly these two little old ladies followed him back from England or something and said, and the word they used was you're going on the wrong tack. You're taking the wrong track. Basically you're, you're doing this wrong, huh. but he took it to heart. And I think there was a guy named Harry Moorhead or something like that. This was a guy that was going to commit suicide walking down a, 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 an alleyway with a pistol in his hand. And he was walking down an alleyway. I think it was in England and he heard there was an open window uh, and there was a Bible reading, public reading of scripture going on in a basement. And he heard the gospel hmm. and he got saved at, at, by hearing the word. Yeah. And I think he had an impact on Moody as well. But anyway, the huh. fact that a guy like D.L. Moody would be willing to, to listen and to learn. I mean, most right. anyone who's been used greatly by God in, in, in a way where they're handling the word accurately have been taught and humbled hmm. by other believers whether more prominent or less prominent than them. Yeah. Yeah. I could think of a story. Remember MacArthur, he always tells this story preaching in chapel mm -hmm. and he thought he'd nailed it, but his mentor came up after and said, you missed the entire point of the passage. He tells that story all the time. Brutality. And um, it like obviously has really resonated in his mind and stuck with him throughout his ministry because he's made it a point since then. Like I'm going to just get the passage right. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah we can probably all think of moments like that. Um, I, to transition to the more positive side, and maybe I'm going to frame this with just a tiny bit of context, it's easy to be a little doomsday and say, oh, mm -hmm. look at all these people who are in churches where the word isn't being faithfully handled. But on the encouraging side, in the last 50 years, there's just been this amazing, you know, I would say return to the faithful ministry of the word. And mm -hmm. lots of churches now where there is concern for good preaching and, and solid doctrine and, you know, real maturity and growth on the part of the, the believers and a focus on the right thing. So I think that's really just a huge encouragement in America as well as in, you know, many places around the world. Mm -hmm. um, but maybe to go just, yeah, quickly to go to the book of Second Timothy, is there anything that you'd want to just especially underscore, Mike? Why is it so absolutely essential that churches mm -hmm. handle the word accurately? 
Okay, so 2 Timothy 2.15. And it's interesting, right before that, verse 14, remind them of these things and charge them before God not to quarrel about words, which does no good, but only ruins the hearers. What he was reminding them about was the gospel. Remember Jesus Christ risen from the dead. And the word of God is not bound. Okay, and it just this the, the, the gospel testimony of Christ in his eternal glory. Okay, and he says in verse 15, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved. Well, it doesn't mean I'm a, I tried hard, but I missed it. Do your best. The idea of study to show yourself approved unto God, that that would be the outcome. Okay, that that would be uh, that you're approved after being tested, so that your teaching is accurate. A worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. And the idea behind that is a uh, farmer cutting a straight furrow to plant seeds or a road cutter cutting a straight road. Uh, this is the idea of going straight in the in direction you should go. So the first reason why a church must handle the word accurately is because God commands it. Mm-hmm. Like this is a command. This is imperative. Do this. But the second reason is equally important. The body thrives with it. Yeah. Well, you'll notice it says in verse 16, avoid irreverent babble for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness. In verse 17, their talk will spread like gangrene. Among them are Hymenaeus and Philetus, two guys that got called out. Verse 18, they've swerved from the truth, saying the resurrection has already happened, and they are upsetting the faith of some. Hmm. So the body thrives on good teaching, but false teaching, uh, it's, it spreads like cancer, verse 17. It, they swerve from the truth, verse 18. They upset the faith of some, verse 18. And it says in verse 19, God's firm foundation stands. Here's the seal. OGK, the Lord knows those who are his, only God knows. And let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. And that's not just sin in general. It would be the iniquity of twisting the scriptures. Hmm. So I think the, the God commands it, the body thrives with it, or is cancerous. And then third, the world fights against it. And you'll notice it says in, ver- in chapter uh, 3, verse 1, in the last days there will come times of difficulties and all these things against the word of God. And then chapter 4 about people getting itching ear teachers, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that will do say exactly what they want. So the right. world fights against it. And then right. number four, our witness to the world demands it. Mm. It just demands it. If you're gonna if you're gonna deal with the issues in, in that, that says the world would be like in chapter three and chapter four, that evil men and imposters will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived, that you're gonna have to do what he says in chapter three, verses ten to seventeen. Mm-hmm. You, however, follow what I did with the word and know that the word is God breathed and it is profitable. Mm-hmm. All scripture is profitable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's helpful. I, I'm going to start to kind of bring us in for landing, but I would just, I, I think of um, the, uh, the passages that come to mind for me when you, you know, just put this topic out, why is it so important for accurate preaching of the word immediately would be second Timothy four and then first Peter, the end of, of one into chapter two, mm-hmm. but second Timothy four, just, I'll, I'll just go to this actually. I just can't imagine a more <laughs> stronger imperative from Paul to Timothy as he, as he wraps up, you know, his ministry and knows that his death's coming soon. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is the judge, the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. You, you couldn't, you know, you couldn't land with anything stronger than that in terms of Paul to Timothy emphasizing the importance of preaching the word. It's always been the case from the very beginning that the word of God creates the people of God. And so... If you don't have the preaching of the word, I think you, you know you're asking for just a ministry that's going to be of man and lacking God's blessing. So we want the Lord's blessing and the Spirit's work, and that only comes through the word. Um, we're going to wrap this one up here. Hope that was encouraging to you, and maybe what your appetite for preaching coming up in the month of August on that. Uh, but listeners, we love you and we pray for you. I hope that you're encouraged by this to um, even just 
renew your uh, excitement to come uh, on Sunday mornings and to hear God's word and at home to read it um, and in a, in a million other contexts to, to digest it and take it in. Uh, until next time, God bless you and have a great day. We'll talk to you next time on the podcast.